welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? My name is Morgan Colby. Rick Lemon is not with me today. He is currently on vacation, so uh, he requested that I do this show by myself. Uh, but today we are going to talk about uh, our top five QB and tight end rankings for the 2022 fantasy football season. So we'll give you five quarterbacks, five tight ends, and uh, and try to get through, through this list as fast as possible. Uh, so you can use that uh, advice for your redraft leagues. Um, before we do that, check out our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. If you are watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below uh, any questions you may have for Rick or I, and we will try to get to them uh, later on. So yeah, let's jump right into our quarterback and tight end rankings for the 2022 fantasy football season. I honestly cannot believe that we are already at this point in the offseason. Training camps start literally probably in like 15 to 20 days, and uh, we are approaching preseason football and regular season football in just a month and a half. So it's good, good, good to be back into the football realm and, and talking about stuff. But as we grow closer, we're starting to get more of a clearer picture of what the uh, the redraft space is going to look look like um, in mock drafts and other things. Once we get to August, you, know, you get the solidified picture. But right now we're getting more and more of that solidified picture that you see in August when drafts actually start happening. As days go along, people are doing their projections, people are doing their rankings, people are doing, um, you know, their uh, preparations for redraft leagues and essentially setting themselves up uh, for drafts in August. And, and you can start seeing uh, a lot of that information come to fruition uh, now that we're only a month and a half out. So today we are going to give you our top five quarterbacks and top five tight ends. And we'll start off with the quarterback position. Um, I might give you a few extras quickly uh, because I am by myself today. So I might do, I'm definitely only going to do like five or six tight ends. Uh, but for the quarterback position, I'll give you my uh, top five and then quickly maybe uh, my, the rest of the top 12 for me, um, just to give you kind of a, a clear picture of what that looks like. Might do 10 Actually, might do twelve quarterbacks and uh, ten tight ends, but we'll we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, so anyway, let's start off with the number one guy, and he goes by the name of Josh Allen. Uh, and it, it's kind of tough for me to put Josh Allen in this spot, only because he legitimately has finished as a wide. Re- I mean, as a quarterback one. Two straight years now. He finished in 2019 as the QB one, and he finished in 2020 uh, as the QB one. So he legitimately has now had two straight seasons. Uh, 2020 and 2021, he finished as the QB one. By the way, not 2019. That was Lamar Jackson. Um, but he's finished two straight years at the QB one. He provides, uh, you know, if you pull up, pull up his player profiler, he provides a great base rushing floor. Um, last season having 763 rushing yards, uh, 
seasons before he had 510, 420. So you can probably see him right around 500 rushing yards on the season, which gives you a very solid base floor. Um, but he's also a guy that picks up 4,500 passing yards, 30 to 35 touchdowns per season. The last two years have been great. The problem is for me is I hate I hate ranking quarterbacks this high uh, consistently every year. You know, two years ago I ranked Mahomes probably one, and then you uh, yeah I did rank Mahomes one, and I had Josh Allen somewhere in the top five. Last year we ranked Josh Allen number one because of what he did on the ground. He was able to add to that with 763 rushing yards last year. I don't know if he gets to that point again, but he was the QB one for two straight seasons now. And he's shown improvement for two straight seasons now. Uh, so for me, the way that I look at Josh Allen is I think if you're projecting him out, I, I would expect to see at least small amounts of regression in rushing yards just because I, I don't know if Josh Allen can uh, continue to rush the way he did. He also is facing a uh, a coaching change uh, at on uh, at offensive coordinator, I should say. Um, so I don't know if that's going to affect him, but I'm confident that he can at least be consistent. And for me, this is not really a pick for him to be the number one quarterback overall in Dynasty. This is just, you know, picking somebody that you know is going to be extremely consistent on a week-to-week basis. Uh, the last two seasons, he's literally had 25 points per game and 24 points per game and four-point touchdown leagues. And he's just consistently got the job done on a week-to-week basis for two straight seasons now. And I think even if he does regress in categories and maybe doesn't finish as the QB1, he's still going to be a top three guy, and he's still going to be consistent. So you're safe taking him. If you like drafting quarterbacks early, you're safe taking this guy uh, as the first quarterback off the board. So I think he's pretty. I think that's a pretty self-explanatory one. I hate draft. I hate ranking uh, guys who finished as the you know first overall at the position, uh, number one the next year. I kind of hate doing that. I usually only do it for tight end. Um, but Josh Allen is one of those guys where it's just I don't I don't see um, another quarterback putting up the consistent. QB1 games that this guy does. And so that's why he's ranked one for me. Uh, Number two is Patrick Mahomes. And I actually think that Mahomes has, uh, I've been, I've been saying this to Rick over the last couple weeks, but I feel like, I feel like Patrick Mahomes is due for a, a top, you know, two, three season. Last year he was the QB4 um, or QB5 in points per game. He was the QB6 in 2019. He was a QB two in points per game. I think he was three or four in 2020. So it's like over the last three seasons, since being the QB one in that season where he just had 26.7 points per game and four point touchdown leagues in 2018, when he first came onto the scene, that's incredible. Um, but since then two out of the last three seasons, he's gone sub 22 points per game, which is still a top five finish top six finish in fantasy football, but has not produced at the level that we would anticipate as a QB1. I've been telling Rick that I think he's due. And this is just a feeling I have. It's not really anything based in analytical evidence or anything like that. Uh, We know what Patrick Mahomes is. We know he should be drafted as a top three quarterback in redraft leagues. Um, But I feel like there's a chance that he could be the QB1 overall this year. And I think that chance is pretty high. I would actually say that if I was to take... a quarterback 
I definitely would want to take Patrick Mahomes two and Josh Allen one, but I think that out outside of Josh Allen, you take him out of the picture. Patrick Mahomes has the best chance out of all of the quarterbacks in the top five or ten to um, finish as the number one quarterback in fantasy football. He's consistent. Uh, he provides 300 rushing yards as a base floor per season. He doesn't really throw <laughs> under uh, 35 touchdowns on a regular basis. He had 26 in 2019, but only played 14 games. Um, so he's a quarterback that's going to throw 30-plus touchdowns, going to throw 47, 48, 4,900 yards, and rush for 300 rushing yards. And I think that's a that's a lock if he stays healthy to be at top three at minimum. Um, and I think he has a great shot of being the number one quarterback off the board. Um, and quickly, I did want to pull up some sleeper, uh, some sleeper ADP so I can accurately discuss the ADP. Give me one second here. Um, so right now, his ADP is currently at pick 31. So in a 12-team league, he is basically going um, late second, early third, which I think is good value for him, considering Patrick Mahomes is going legit 10 spots, 12 spots higher than he is. Um, in underdog ADP, he is going currently uh, pick 48 off the board. So I don't know if that changes as the season comes along or if it stays there, but I th- I think that's like if, if I can get Patrick Mahomes in the fourth round in redraft leagues, um, I might actually jump on that because I think there's a really good opportunity he has success. Now, he did lose Tyreek Hill. Um, and when the Chiefs haven't in the past had Tyreek Hill, their offense hasn't struggled, but it's slowed down a little bit. Travis Kelsey's getting older. There's some there's some turnover in this offense that I think you're going to start seeing affect Patrick Mahomes, and that might limit his capability of reaching the number one spot at the quarterback position, but I think he definitely finishes top three as long as he stays healthy. Um, and I think 48 is a steal. I would take him all day at that. Um, the third quarterback off the board right now, or the third quarterback that I have ranked is Justin Herbert. Love, love, love Justin Herbert. Always have. This guy also has, I think he's slightly less chance, less of a high chance of finishing his QB one than Patrick Mahomes. But I think this is a guy that could overtake Mahomes, overtake Josh Allen, and be a you know the number one quarterback ranked over the next couple seasons because he is very, very, very good, um, and he's actually really cheap too. So Justin Herbert is currently at ADP of forty four and underdog. So I think he's going as the second quarterback off the board. But his lat his rookie season he was QB seven, and last season he was QB two in fantasy points per game. Um, last year he provided 302 rushing yards, um, 5,000 passing yards, 38 touchdowns. He threw 31 passing touchdowns as a rookie season, 4,300 yards at 234 rushing yards. So do I think he's going to get 5,000 passing yards this year? No, I don't even think he's going to come close to that 5,000 passing yards. I think he'll probably be right around 44, 4,500 passing yards. Um, they do throw the ball a lot, 672 times, almost 700 times last year. So he might reach 5,000, but it really depends on the, you know, the, the chargers team, uh, team development or, or what their team is, right? If they're a team playing from behind all the time and they could be because 
their division is the way they are, or not even just play from behind, but they're a team that uh, you know has to compete for every single game. I think Justin Herbert is a guy that can be really good in that, and they're in a division now with the Denver Broncos, with the Las Vegas Raiders, and um, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're going to be fighting for their lives for most of the season. They're going to have 8 to 12 really hard games on the season, and I think that will lead to Justin Herbert. He might be able to replicate the 5,000 yards he threw last year, but I would say to play it safe, he's probably at 400 4,800 passing yards um, and get somewhere in the vicinity of 300 rushing yards again. Um, So I think it's safe to say that Justin Herbert can be the QB one this season. Um, But I have him third because I would take Josh Allen because of his rushing floor. And I would take Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Justin Herbert, the way they get fantasy points, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, very, very similar. So those guys are basically mirror image for me. I think if you're taking Justin Herbert or you're taking Patrick Mahomes, you're basically getting the same quarterback. Um, For fantasy football, not in real life, obviously, but uh, for fantasy football, you're basically getting the same quarterback, and they're very close. Like, if you miss out on Mahomes, take Herbert. If you miss out on Herbert, take Mahomes. Like, it could go either way. But I would say Herbert is the third guy for me just because of the explosiveness of Patrick Mahomes. Like, Herbert is really, really, really good, but... Patrick Mahomes in his second year in the NFL threw 50 touchdowns. So there's always the chance that Mahomes just has an elite season where he throws 45 plus touchdowns, 5,000 plus yards. And of course, can Justin Herbert do that at some point in the future? Yes. I don't know if that can be this season. It might, um, but we'll have to see. But QB three for right now, we'll see as the off season goes along and as training camps approaches, if I change my mind, I want to put Herbert to, he did finish his QB two last year. So uh, number four is Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray has been kind of an interesting player because over the last two seasons, I've noticed that there was like a hot start. And I want to take a look at the game logs because he had like a really hot start and then towards the back half of the season fell off. So last year, for example, uh, week one, he had the QB1 performance in week one, QB1 performance in week two, QB15 in week three, QB9 in week four. QB 23 in week five, QB six in week seven, QB eight in week uh, seven, QB six in week six, sorry, QB eight in week seven, QB 26 in week eight. And then uh, he ended up missing a couple of games. And when he came back, he was QB one, QB 13, QB 15, QB six, QB six, QB 15, QB 11. So down that stretch of games, he was still really, really good for your team. But when you got to the postseason, right? Week 17, week 16, 17, and 18, right? 21, QB6, 22, QB6, 17, QB15. So he wasn't winning you any leagues. He got the job done for two weeks and then you get to the championship and you get 17 points and that might have killed you. So um, there's this thing going on with, because he had a QB1 performance one, two, three, four, five, six times in the first half of the season. Second half, he had one two, three out of six games, seven games. So he was much more consistent and much better earlier in the season last year. And you can go back to the 2020 season and also see that same thing early in the season. First 10 weeks, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight out of, I think nine games, eight out of nine, he was a QB one. 
Second half of the season, QB 12, QB 26, QB 19, QB 14, QB 4, QB 20, QB 34. There is something about Kyler Murray, and I'm not sure what it is, that leads him to these hot starts and then starts to recede a little bit in the second half of the year. And that could be due to the fact that he does like to rush the football. Last year, he only had 423 rushing yards and 14 games played, but in 2020, which I think is more like Kyler Murray, he had 819 rushing yards. So for me, I think Kyler is finished in points per game, the QB3 in 2020, QB4 in 2021. He provides a great rushing floor. He's probably going to be around five to 700 rushing yards. That's the type of quarterback he is. He's going to throw anywhere in the vicinity of 25 to 30 touchdowns and probably 37, 3,800 yards. Um, because of, you know, you have Josh Allen out here, probably going to rush for the same amount of rushing yards as Kyler Murray uh, and probably going to throw 1,000 more passing yards than Kyler Murray and going to throw seven, eight more touchdowns than Kyler Murray. That makes it, that makes it so that Kyler Murray... I don't know can reach the ceiling of Josh Allen or of Patrick Mahomes or of Justin Herbert. So I put him as the fourth guy. He still can be really good and still can finish top three or top two in fantasy football. But he does have some concerns passing wise that um, in fantasy football that make me think maybe he's not going to be able to reach that fantasy point total unless they start passing. Like last year he had four. He only played in 14 games, mind you. So I think 2016, I mean, 2020 was more of a representation of this because he played through 16 games, but he had 558 pass attempts that season. You look at guys like last year, Justin Herbert threw seven, uh, almost 700 times. And so if you talk about in a full season, like Justin Herbert throwing 120 more pass attempts than Kyler Murray, that's a problem. So I think he reaches, I think he might even reach 4,000 yards. I could be wrong about that, but I think as far as passing wise, those other guys are more prolific and now they're adding more rushing to their game, which kind of separates them from Kyler Murray a little bit. So if I had to make some tiers for these, I would say, you know, Josh, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, one tier, tier two would Kyler Murray would start that at four. Um, so I love Kyler Murray. I love where he's going. Um, I love to see what he does this season. Uh, he, he does have some interesting, situations to start because he is um a little bit the wide receiver core is a little bit in uh not injured but they're um there's not the same guys that are going to be there that he normally has um so we're gonna have to see how Kyler Murray reacts to not having DeAndre Hopkins and different stuff like that but I think I think he's a solid pick as a fourth quarterback off the board number five is Lamar Jackson the ECR has Lamar Jackson four they've come up on him as of late. Um, and it's kind of interesting because he was around six or seven originally, and now he's jumped up into the fourth spot into that tier one conversation. Um, which is interesting considering the last couple of seasons, he has not put together those types of numbers. Um, and pulling up Lamar Jackson's profile, he had QB seven last year, QB eight the year before, and he was QB one in 2019 in his first season starting as a quarterback. Um, so, I mean, obviously QB one was great, but he dropped a full six or seven points per game off his first year 
Uh, last year, he only played 12 games. So, you know, obviously that's a little bit more interesting than anything else. But um, but he has seen a drop-off in rushing yards on a per-season basis. And he's not able to, like, he threw, he efficient, very, very efficiently. We talked about coming out of the 2019 season going into 2020 that he was going to regress in the touchdown category, which he did. He threw 36 touchdowns on 401 pass attempts, which is ridiculous. Last year, he threw three, uh, in 2020, he threw 376 pass attempts. So, right, he missed one game, probably would have thrown 400, but he only threw 26, 27, 28 touchdowns uh, based on pro rated numbers. Uh, in the 2020 season. And so the big issue for, for Lamar Jackson is can he reach that 30 touchdown threshold again, as far as passing numbers are concerned, because if he's not hitting that point, I think it kind of caps him a little bit. And that's why I have him at five. I think that as far as passing is concerned, Kyler Murray is a better passer than Lamar Jackson. Um, He's not going to equal Lamar Jackson makes up the difference in his rushing uh, capability. But I don't think that passing-wise, he's on that same level as Kyler Murray. So with that being said, Lamar's rushing puts him in the top five. I think, you know, on any given week, like if he has another 1,200-yard, you know, rushing season, he'll basically average eight or nine extra points on top of what he does. So he throws 250 yards and a touchdown in a game. You know what I mean? He's He's going to end up with, you know, what is that? 14 fantasy points and then eight extra he'll average 22 you know 21 22 points a game which is what you need at the quarterback position so Lamar gets it done um he's also struggled from some slow starts to seasons um he does tend to finish strong in the second half of a season you know 2020 he did that um in 2019 he he did that so um I think for me, when you look at Lamar Jackson, I don't, I, I wouldn't take him over Kyler Murray right now. His ADP is 52, which is great, um, but I think we need to see some larger strides in the passing game for for Lamar Jackson in order to elevate him into that conversation of the top three. Um, because I don't like if he gets 1,200 rushing yards again, he'll definitely be able to do that. But I just don't see efficiency wise 36 touchdowns happening for this guy. Um, again, unless they pass the ball more. That was such an outlier of a season that I don't think a lot of people considered a massive outlier. So, I mean, pick 52 is not bad, um, but he could end up disappointing in some ways, uh, but he is the fifth quarterback. Um, quickly, I want to run through uh, some other guys at the quarterback, uh, yeah, at the quarterback position. So I have number six, I have Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. I think he's a little bit capped because he doesn't provide a whole ton of rushing. So he's kind of in that similar conversation as Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, uh, maybe even Dak Prescott, where they might, they might, you know, Tom Brady's not going to do this, but they might add, you know, 150, 200 rushing yards on the ground. But, you know, it's a little bit concerning there. And then you see Jalen Hurts, rushing quarterback. He's only at seven for me because I think I would, I would rank him higher because I know what he can provide as a rushing floor, and then they just added all these assets to the offense. But for me, I feel like there's this one aspect of Jalen Hurts that scares the living crap out of me, and it's the fact that if he does not, if he does not successfully throw the football for his team, he will not be the starting quarterback by the end of the season. 
And so any given week, he could throw four picks and the team could just bench him and go to Gardner Minshew. And you would be out a quarterback that you spent high levels of ADP on. So I have him at seven just because of that. But I don't think he's that horrible of, horrible of a pick if you take him at his ADP. Um, and then I have Russell Wilson. I actually like Russell Wilson more than I like Jalen Hurts. But there's the factor that Jalen Hurts had, I mean, uh, that Russell Wilson has in his game where, you know, they could just go similar to what Seattle did, ground and pound. They don't let Russ cook, and he, he goes back to his fantasy production from last year, which is not good, um, and that could be a bad thing. So I, I ranked him a little lower because of that. I think the risk aversion there is a little bit higher than some other uh, some other players, but I have Dak Prescott nine. Uh, I hope Dallas's defense sucks so that the Dallas Cowboys play from behind because trash time Dak is way better than uh, Cowboys winning Dak. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm talking in fantasy because he gets more opportunities to pass, but Dak is nine. I think he gets, um, you know, he's going to get you consistent production. Um, he's not going to be super, super expensive ADP wise. And he has an upside where he could reach top six or seven um, if he does have a good season. But I think if the Cowboys are winning, they have a very, very simplified approach. They don't throw the ball 700 times like the Los Angeles Chargers or the Pat, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And I, I don't know that he's going to reach that 600, 700 passing attempts. But if he doesn't, which I think is more than likely because they like to run the ball with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you're going to see Dak probably fall around seven to nine. Uh, and then you have Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's great. Um, I don't know if he can follow up what he did last year. Uh, and so I think 10 is a safe spot for him. He's a great late round pick, I think, because he does have a little bit of an upside to get into that similar area. just said Dak was. And then I have number 11 Rogers and number 12 Brady. Um, these two guys, for some reason, continue to play successfully in the NFL, even though they're old, old, old men. Um, so there is my top 12 at the quarterback position. Let's quickly go to my tight ends, and I'm going to talk about the top five guys I have. Number one is Mark Andrews. And uh, I'm kind of surprised. If you're kind of surprised, Travis Kelsey is now not the number one tight end consensus. Um he is currently by 0.3 average ranks, uh, according to Fantasy Pros. Um, I thought this was going to be Mark Andrews' year to ascend ahead of Travis Kelsey in the rankings, but I have him one. Uh, Mark Andrews one because I think there's I think there's a lot of upside to his game. Um, if you notice in the last couple years. His um his snap percentages have increased, which is really really good. So um his snap share in 2020 or 2019, which I think is his breakout year, 43 percent. Snap percentage in 2020, 64 percent. Snap percentage in 2021, 76 percent. Um, route route participation, 55 percent in 2019. 89% in 2020 and 84% in 2022. So he's also seen over the last three years, an increase of targets each year. So he's at 154 targets last year. He played a full 17 games. He had 107 receptions, 1400 air yards, nine touchdowns, 1300 receiving yards. I mean, those are receiver numbers right there. And, um, 
I think now you lose Hollywood, right? And we all like Rashad Bateman. I think he's going to be great. But there's no receivers left on the Baltimore Ravens offense. Um, they're 11 personnel set, you know, two tight ends uh, out there most of the time. It, it's going to lead Mark Andrews to, I think, an increased snap percentage and also increased opportunity percentage um, and also an increased opportunity percentage. Uh, so I like where Mark Andrews is going. I think if he does what he did this season again, being literally the only target on the Baltimore Ravens, like I think he's the number one guy that they're looking at at this point. I like Mark Andrews to be um, the tight end one this year. And I think he has the best chance of doing so. And uh, dethroning the year over year, number one tight end, Travis Kelsey. He already did that one time, but I think he does it again. Um, number two is Travis Kelsey. And I ha- I would have him number three behind Kyle Pitts. I just need to see what the Falcons look like because I think there's some concerns in, in Atlanta with the quarterback position and different stuff like that. But Travis Kelsey is a definite interesting character. Um, and he's been really good, and there's, there's some good things and some bad things. So I'll start off with the good, and then I'll talk about the bad. Good things, we know what he is. He's a very good tight end. Um, he produces year in, year out. Week in, week out, uh, game in, game out. So he is he is a great asset to have on your fantasy team. He is an advantage at the tight end position if that's what you're into. Um, the big, th- you know, good thing for Travis Kelsey is that Tyreek Hill left. So with him gone, and there are a lot of moving pieces in the wide receiver core for the for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. The big thing for Travis Kelsey is that I think he's going to see an increase in target share, which is not good if you're if you're Mark Andrews sitting there at one going, I'm gonna dethrone Travis Kelsey and be, you know, the only tight end that's gone back to back since Kelsey did it, right? And I'm just gonna take the number one, you know, seat. If you're gonna try to do that, you know, not good for him, but um Travis Kelsey has this, you know, innate ability to grab targets for Patrick Mahomes. He's the safest guy for Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball to. And so that's the good thing is that, you know, Tyreek's gone. There should be an increase of target share for Travis Kelsey. The bad. Travis Kelsey's getting old. And I, I hate to use, you know, in redraft especially. In Dynasty, you know, dump this guy as fast as you, you know, can because he's getting older and his value goes down every year you don't try to get rid of him. Um his ADP is way too high. That's the second thing. But he's 32 years old. And you look at a guy like Rob Gronkowski, who just retired from the NFL, 33 years old. He might come back. He might play. But we saw, we've seen a decrease from Rob Gronkowski over the last couple of years um, that he has played in the NFL, and his role is not the same. And so Travis Kelsey, I feel like he's, he's on borrowed time. The way he plays the game, the aggressiveness that he shows, um, the hits that he takes – like he is big, he's strong, but there's only so long that a body can take that. And I, I think that Tra- Travis Kelsey is coming to a point where I, he's going to have to regress or start showing age at least a little bit. And when that happens, I think guys like Mark Andrews does that. And I think that's this year. Um, picking him at 12 is a, is a fool's errand. Um, I don't think you should do that. I, I, yeah, I, I just look at Travis Kelsey as somebody who is 
you know, he's going to get more target share this year. And if he plays a full season, he'll definitely be a top three tight end, top two tight end. Um, and maybe even number one, but you know, you're on borrowed time with Kelsey. And I don't, I think, I think the risk of injury or, or major regression because of age outweighs the potential goodness that you'll get out of Travis Kelsey, especially at the ADP value that you'd have to use to get him. So yeah, Travis Kelsey is definitely somebody that I'm not drafting, but I'll rank him number two because if he stays healthy, he'll definitely be in the top three this year. Uh, Number three is Kyle Pitts. Um, Kyle Pitts is a great, great, great athlete. And the breakout that y'all wanted for Kyle Pitts last year is coming most likely this year. I say most likely because there's one fat concern for the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan's gone. He went to the, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, their quarterback's either going to be Desmond Ritter or, and I want to take a look so I get this right, or, because I, you know, I don't even know what the quarterback of the team is, uh, or Marcus Mariota. So, most likely going to be Marcus Mariota, if I had to take a guess. Um, but I don't like either one of those guys for the ceiling of Kyle Pitts. They don't have any wide receivers. Um, so Kyle Pitts is going to be a target for guys to try to stop. And I think in his second year, I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing, but Kyle Pitts was legit drafted in the top four of the 2021 NFL draft. Um, one of the highest tight ends selected ever. And he's six six two forty five. We know what he is. We've seen his tape. He looked really good last year, 68 catches, thousand yards, only had one receiving touchdown. He was number 11 in points per game. Number six on the season in total points. Um, so he, he's got really good upside. My major concern for him is the quarterback and is the Atlanta Falcons offense. Now, it is a good thing, even though there's going to be more attention drawn to Kyle Pitts. It is a good thing that he is now the number one guy in the offense. And I, I was talking about that with the Chiefs a second ago where, you know, you have, obviously Travis Kelsey has Patrick Mahomes, so that changes a lot of things. But... Um, Without Ty- Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey becomes the number one target. I think Atlanta is the same way. They don't really have a lot of wide receivers. Kyle Pitts is going to line up a lot as a wide receiver this year, and I think it's going to lead to more target share. Um, last year, he only had 110 targets. I think he'll probably be somewhere between 140 and 150 targets. The problem is is that you know his, his, uh, his quality target share was not high. He did not have a lot of quality targets um, attached to him. Uh, so his target accuracy was 7.4, uh, which is number 14 among tight ends. That's not great. Um, he had a high, he had one of the highest yards per reception in the NFL. His true catch rate was 78.2%, which is 28th among tight ends. So these numbers are a little bit concerning. Um, but he had, oh, he had four, 412 unrealized air yards, a thousand receiving yards in his rookie season. One of the best tight end rookie tight end seasons ever. Um, his a dot was 10. So, you know, which was number two among tight ends. So they were trying to get it down, down the field to him. Um, so I, I like where it's going for Kyle Pitts and, um, and he, he definitely has a ceiling that is existentially higher than, uh, I think even Mark Andrews, I think this guy could be end on end, the tight end one in fantasy football for years. Um, 
And so I don't want to be too late to the breakout. Right now his ADP is is 32 on underdog, so I'm not really excited about I'm not really excited about that ADP. I I think it's going to be a little harder to get him and do we want to invest that much in an offense that doesn't have really any weapons in it or a quarterback? Um, a team that's most likely tanking for a quarterback this year. So I like Kyle Pitts. He is number three. Um, I may move him down as the season gets closer. Uh, but number four, we have Darren Waller. Uh, Waller's really good. I, I am. The big thing about Waller is he's proven that he can be a really good player. He gets, there are games where he gets like 15 targets and it's absolutely absurd. And, um, you know, Rick and I both projected the breakout of this player, um, back in 2019 when he broke onto the scene, uh, in the last three years, he's been a top six or better tight end in fantasy points per game last year. He was tight end 17, but he finished as tight end five. I mean, tight end six in points per game. Um, but he had literally in 2020, 145 targets, 107 catches. Like he was getting targeted out the wazoo. Uh, and it was really good for him. The big issue with Darren Waller here is that they have added Devontae Adams. They still have Hunter Renfro. They have a new offense there, which could benefit Darren Waller. But I just, I, I, all of the vacated targets that they had go to Devontae Adams. And I think that even after you look at the vacated target share and all of that going to Devontae Adams, I still think there was target share left for that. So I think that he could lose some target share in this offense because of Devontae Adams being there. He might the pressure might be pulled off him because of Devontae Adams. So that means that, you know, the two receiving touchdowns that he had last year might increase to six or seven um, on the season. So I like that for uh, Darren Waller. But we do have to keep an eye on the situation for target share early in the season because, you know, you're spending a uh, ADP of 42 on underdog on this player, you know, a third, fourth round pick on this player. You're going to expect a certain amount of targets per game. And if he doesn't reach that level, you know, um, then you're going to be very, very, very concerned. So last year he only played 11 games. He was averaging five targets. I mean, five receptions a game. Um, in terms of targets per game, um, 8.5, which is pretty good. And, you know, you want to see that for a tight end number eight among tight ends, uh, in terms of total targets, but had he played, you know, a few more games, he would have been in that one twenty one thirty conversation. I just don't think he can reach one forty five. Um, which put him at the number two tight end. So I think he's a top five tight end. He's in that Hawkinson conversation for me um, where he'll have some really great games and he'll get targeted 10, 12, 13 times and, you know, maybe get eight or nine catches and two touchdowns and you'll be like, holy crap, this guy's great. And then he'll have weeks where he just completely disappears. Um, and at ADP 42, I don't know if I want that, but I do think he's a top four tight end. Um, final guy here, number five, TJ Hawkinson uh rolls in and there's some good things to be had for TJ Hawkinson here. Um Hawk is in a really good spot now with the Lions. Um you know, he is still a top 3 target in the offense, which is good. The offense made some improvements this year. They have um I think they draft uh, they signed Tark, they a Chark, they drafted Jamison Williams. 
So they got some receivers. They have a Monra in the receiver core. They have DeAndre Swift in the backfield and Hawk here in the middle. And I think pulling the, the problem with Hawk that I've seen over the last couple of years is that, you know, when, when teams don't focus on him as the primary target in the offense, uh, defenses don't focus on, focus on him as the primary target in the offense. He typically does a lot better. Um, but he has been the primary target in the Lions offense for the last two um, seasons, and more specifically last year. He ended as the tight end 15. He was tight end 7 in points per game, and he has this ceiling that is really high, and I, I'm really excited to see where he can go. Um, but Hawk kind of, that you know, his problem has been offense is just, targeting defense is just targeting him as the main target in the offense and trying to shut him down. And when that happens, he does get shut down and he becomes really inconsistent on a week to week basis, depending on the defense he plays. Um, I think with all of this pressure getting taken off him with some of the weapons that they put outside for the lions, um, it could mean good things. And we know that Jared Goff likes to throw the tight end position. Last year, he threw to Darren Waller in 12 games, 83 times, which is seven times per game. So obviously you want to see a little bit of an increase, but he is a hyper-efficient player. You know, we talked about Darren Waller a second ago. Darren Waller's, uh, you know, I think it's his catch rate is a little bit lower than TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson's true catch rate when the target gets there to him is 91%, which is number five in among all tight ends. And so I think for TJ Hawkinson, the amount of volume that he gets with his true catch rate being 91%, that's ridiculous. And so if he does get 120 targets next year, 130 targets next year, he is going to put up, you know, 80, 90, maybe even 100 receptions on the season, which is great for him. I think it's going to open up having these guys on the outside and some more weapons on the outside at the receiver position is going to open things up for TJ Hawkinson. Um, in the red area too. So they'll probably score more. He'll probably, he'll probably score more touchdowns. Not that they will score more touchdowns, but I, so I think some of these things are good for Hawk. I like him. I might even like him. I almost ranked him ahead of Darren Waller because I do like where Hawk is going. I'm not concerned that Jamison Williams or DJ Chark is, are going to take target share from, uh, TJ Hawkinson. I think that target share is more going to come out of the uh, Amon Ra St. Brown target share. So, and they do have some vacated targets there. So, you know, you might, you might see TJ Hawkinson maybe not get, you know, I think he's going to get seven to seven or more targets per game, but it's going to take, you know, a lot for him to see an increase up to eight or nine. Um, if that makes sense. So Hawk is number four. Uh, what's what I say? Hawk was number five. And so that is the number five tight end. I'm going to give you the last five, and then we're going to close out the show here. Um, it has been a little bit longer than normal, but I wanted to combine the quarterback and tight end show into one um, so we could keep the uh, offseason content rolling. Uh, but we have George Kittle number six. This is a little bit shocking, but I, I have concerns with George Kittle and his injury history. He has not completed a full season since he broke out. So I don't even think he completed that season in full. So there's injury history there, and I just don't want to invest the draft capital that it would take to get George Kittle on your team, whether in Dynasty or Redraft. In fact, if you're in a Dynasty League, you should be selling Kittle off. See you later. Bye. Um, number seven, Dawson Knox. Not really a huge fan of this one. Knox was way too efficient last year in an offense that didn't really target him that much. Um, he was a red zone target, which was great. I do think be 
because of his successes last year, the team will target him more this year. So I think he is a good value pick in the ninth, 10th round. And I think he could exceed his number seven uh, ranking for me and get into the top five, which would be wonderful if you're drafting great late round prospect. Um, And realistically, a team that throws as many times as the Bills, if Dawson Knox is number two on the target list behind Stefan Diggs or number three behind Gabe Davis, right? I think Dawson Knox has a great year. So I like his upside. That's why he is seven. Uh, but I'm concerned that his floor is just, it, it'll it bottom out. Uh, Mike Gesicki is number eight. Um, I think this is probably where he lands. He's a good enough tight end to command some target share from Tua, but with Jalen Waddle there and with uh, Tyreek Hill there, it's going to be hard for him to keep up with the rest of the tight ends that I mentioned here. Um, so I'm, I'm more concerned about Mike Kosicki moving forward, um, but I think number eight is fine. Dallas Goddard, number nine. Uh, I don't really like the upside that he has with A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and now you have Jalen Hurts, who doesn't really throw it a lot. There's just a lot of targets there. Um, not a lot of target share to go around, and, and I think Goddard's going to see the effect of that. Um, so he's number nine. And I actually like Noah Font more than Gasicki and Dallas Goddard, but uh, they don't have a quarterback in Seattle, and I just can't reasonably rank him any higher than 10. So uh, Noah Font goes number 10, and that's my top 10 tight ends and my top 12 quarterbacks. Um, if you have any questions, be sure to leave them in the comments down below. Uh, we'll try to get to them. We'll try to answer them. Uh, maybe at some point in the offseason, Rick can share his top five, top 10 quarterbacks, top five, top 10 tight ends and, and get to that. But Thursday, I'm going to be alone again, and I'm going to bring you my top 12 running backs for the fantasy football season. We'll talk to you later, guys. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.